It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode number 168 of this program. Uh, I want to tell you a few things coming up on today's program, but in particular, I want you to know that we are tracking the situation developing in Payson right now. In fact, there is a citywide shelter-in-place order because of police activity near 455 North, 600 East. Uh, KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson is en route. As soon as we uh, get information either from Paul or from authorities or otherwise, we will bring it to you here. But what we do know is that uh, Payson police have put uh, an order, a shelter-in-place order, which encompasses the entire city of Payson right now. Not sure what's happening, uh, but we will find out and bring that information to you as soon as it's available. Uh, additionally, on today's program, we'll, of course, talk about the, the USPS. The Postal Service uh, is in the middle of a back and forth, and it's multifaceted, and, and there are so many angles to this story. The president has said a number of things. The current postmaster general has said a number of things. There have been reactions from Joe Biden, uh, former President Barack Obama this morning on a podcast weighed in. Uh, so we're going to break down exactly what the circumstances are. Uh, the president has made claims that there has been voter fraud, voter fraud, uh, which has been uh, facilitated via the, the, the Postal Service. Uh, so fraud uh, dealing with the mail-in ballots in places like Virginia, New York, and Patterson, New Jersey. He has repeated those three locations over and over, and I thought uh, it's only fair for you and I to walk through the details of those claims and see if what we have observed in those three locations, and California and elsewhere, to see if there is legitimate reason uh, to be fearful of the legitimacy of uh, a November election. And then I'll open the phones and you and I can have a, a conversation about that. Uh, some stuff later on in the program, we will be talking to uh, a director uh, for the Clinical Neuroscience Center at the University of Utah Health, specifically because uh, there has been, uh, and this is very interesting, there has been a dramatic decline in 911 calls and ER visits uh, out of coronavirus fear. In fact, that's where we'll start the program today. There, as you know, yesterday there was a, a press conference hosted by uh, Governor Gary Herbert. Uh, he was also uh, there with uh, a gentleman who talked about uh, the, the importance of testing and where we stand in terms of testing here uh, in the state of Utah and how, uh, you know, this is tangential to the topic at hand, but uh, one of the points that I came away with was that our testing numbers are low here because there is a high likelihood that the prevalence of the disease is diminishing. That's wonderful. That's wonderful news. Uh, but what I want to talk to you about now is the third man that spoke in yesterday's press conference. Yeah, a, a gentleman named Dr. Mark Breesacker. He's the senior vice president and chief physician executive for Intermountain Healthcare. And yesterday, during the governor's COVID-19 update, he said, uh, Dr. Breesacker said, uh, that there is a worrying trend of people not going to the hospital when there is a critical need. 
We've seen a decrease in the number of people who present to our hospitals with emergent and life-threatening conditions, and this actually is true across the country. The national study found that there's been a 40% reduction in the number of patients presenting to have stroke symptoms assessed and treated. There's been a 35% reduction in the number of patients presenting with symptoms of heart attack. And in these conditions, every minute counts. So please, our hospitals are safe. We're ready to care for you. Don't delay care for these life-threatening conditions. That's the message. That's the message of yesterday's presentation by Dr. Breesacker. And I have witnessed this firsthand, not necessarily in terms of stroke or uh, heart attack, but there have, uh, amongst my circle of friends and family, been a number of individuals uh, who have come down with some kind of inexplicable symptom. A symptom that otherwise, uh, in other days, in non-coronavirus era times, would have prompted them to uh, make an appointment, make a simple appointment with, uh, with your doctor. Go get it checked out. And what's being observed, not only here in Utah, but across the country, as described here by Dr. Breesacker, is that this delay of care is costing lives. This is a theme that we've discussed at varying degrees of severity uh, on this program repeatedly. If you remember some of the earliest conversations uh, with Dr. Stephen Mobley of MobleyMD.com, he and I discussed uh, a tragic reality emerging uh, from uh, our reaction to this coronavirus, which is that uh, many diagnostic appointments were either being canceled or stalled or postponed. And sometimes those diagnoses, they require, you know, if they come back a certain way, they require immediate and instant action. Now, Dr. Breesacker continued in his remarks yesterday, and the reason I'm reiterating this, I, I know we heard this all yesterday, but there are aspects of both healthcare and our everyday lives which have been so dramatically jarred uh, by this coronavirus that we need to be reminded from time to time uh, that there we do have both the ability and in this case the absolute necessity uh, to return to some semblance of normalcy and this uh, normalcy uh, which is being uh, observed right now or this lack of normalcy is that uh, there are individuals out of fear for uh, their their own health re regarding the coronavirus are are opting not uh, to seek care for things that are, in fact, clear and present threats to their health. Dr. Breesacker continued, uh, said that delaying care doesn't just hurt someone in need, but it hurts others as well. It's really important that you don't delay care. It's important for your health. It's important for our community's health. And delays in care can actually be life-threatening. Now, why? Why should we uh, set aside any fears that we may have of uh, contracting or coming in contact with the coronavirus in the healthcare setting? Uh, well, first off, these places are. Th this is where, <laughs> this is where the experts work. This is where those who understand communicative diseases uh, are, are are focused and where they are working day after day. And the doctor uh, elaborated on that point here. It's important to know that. Our hospitals and clinics are safe, and they are ready for anything, any health care need that you have. We have in place processes that are designed to keep you and your family safe and designed to keep our caregivers safe. So when you present to our clinics and, or you present to our emergency department, 
we screen you, and if there is the potential that you have COVID-19, you're moved into a specific area. If you're presenting for other things like you're having heart symptoms or stroke symptoms or other emergencies, then you're moved to a different area and cared for in that area. You got that? They've got plans in place. And yes, Dr. Breesacker here is from Intermountain Healthcare, but uh, I've had contact with other individuals who occupy similar positions as his in other uh, healthcare uh, settings, and it's all the same. Uh, there are parameters in place to keep you safe. So if I could, please, please, please let me beg you, if you are in need of care, if you are in need of some sort of medical attention, do not delay for fear of the coronavirus. Uh, there are safeguards put in place, and you need the help. If you would have gone before COVID showed up, uh, you should be going today, okay? No reason to fear. And uh, if you're listening to me right now and you're saying, Lee, I'm healthy, next topic, okay? I'm fine, doesn't apply to me. Well, maybe it applies to your grandmother. Maybe it applies to your brother. Maybe it applies to someone uh, in your life. So take stock, see how they're doing, uh, and please communicate this message to them. Do not delay care. Uh, do not delay care. The consequences could be very dire. Uh, all right, we're going to get off that. Uh, don't delay care. That's the message. Uh, we're going to take a break here. When we return, we're going to have a conversation, you and I, about what the heck is going on with the Postal Service right now. Some characterize it as a, as a war uh, between the Postal Service and Donald Trump uh, or a war uh, between President Trump and those on the receiving end of mail. Who, who knows? But we're going to break it all down. I'm going to share with you what has been said, and we're going to try to separate fact from fiction next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final half hour of the program today. Uh, later on, before I say goodbye, you and I are going to talk about <laughs> a, a phrase I think Senator Mike Lee has coined, and it's called showerhead tyranny. Showerhead tyranny. It's a funny thing, and it all stems from a comment made by uh, President Trump dealing with, uh, yeah, showerheads and how much water uh, is put through them, how much water is allowed to be put through them uh, based on federal regulations. It turns out the federal government regulates your showerhead. We'll get into that uh, before we say goodbye today. But uh, for the time being, I want to have a, a conversation right now uh, because there has been uh, something we see daily, uh, very odd uh, happenings as a result of the, the coronavirus, and you try to figure out exactly why it's the case. Uh, is it stemming from uh, this or that? But what we're, what we're seeing now is a massive decline in 911 calls and ER visits. Yeah, a remarkably uh, low number of people uh, compared to this time last year are, are calling 911 and visiting the ER. Uh, many have speculated that uh, that, that decline stems from uh, fears of the coronavirus itself, that maybe uh, going into a medical facility you may contract it or for other reasons. But to help uh, understand exactly what's going on and how there are organizations and uh, medical professionals uh, pleading with people not uh, to forego care when it is needed. Uh, on the line joining us now is Stephen Tu, and he's the service line director uh, for the Clinical Neuroscience Center at uh, University of Utah Health. Stephen, sir, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. I'm confused, though. What do you know about uh, about this sharp decline in 911 calls and ER visits? Why is it happening? 
Well, we, we know that COVID has, or this pandemic has influenced all of us um, in different ways. And with it comes quite a bit of uncertainty. Unfortunately, we're finding that uh, many people uh, in, an, in an effort to avoid uh, contracting the, the, the virus are also um, avoiding hospitals when uh, really that's the best place that they could be. Um, for example, if they're having a stroke or a heart attack, um, it, they need to call 911. They need to, to be seen because they're going to receive better care in a hospital than they will at home, um, even with the pandemic. Um, and so, so we're seeing a huge decrease, and we want to make sure that, that people realize that, you know, the hospitals throughout the region, um, university included, have taken um, enormous steps to keep them safe and to uh, avoid um spreading the, the virus that um, it, it really is the highest or the best place for them to receive care still. Yeah. I, uh, I hear you uh, that, that fears of contracting the coronavirus may be uh, impacting, you know, people's uh, tendency to, to dial 911 or to uh, travel to an ER when it's necessary. Uh, but there are those who have, who, who have spoken to me, and they, they claim, too, that some of the contributing factors may be uh, because so many people have lost their jobs. Maybe uh, they've also lost uh, health care uh, coverage, insurance, and such like that, and that those uh, pressures, the pressures of life, may be, uh, may be uh, prohibiting them or at least making them a little gun-shy when it comes to uh, seeking care. Have you observed anything along those lines? You know, I, I think that that may come into to play as people are looking for health care. Um, it's important to realize that uh, that there is a safety net out there, and life is much more important than uh, than finances. Um, there are ways to to have that health care taken care of uh, financially if they're not able to afford it. And more importantly than worrying about finances or how you're going to pay for for a, a visit if you are having a stroke or if you are having a heart attack, is just to get the care. Uh, we'll be able to figure it out on the back end and make sure that um, that they're taken care of. But it's much more important to to survive and receive that care quickly um, with both a stroke as well as heart attack. Time is of the excuse me. Time is of the essence, and finances should not come into play as they're deciding whether or not to receive that care. Amen. A- amen. Uh, the, the American Heart Association, they have a campaign right now. It's called Don't Die of Doubt, uh, and it uh, relates specifically to uh, the two afflictions you just mentioned, a stroke and heart attack. Uh, what are some of the signs that you might be in trouble with a stroke? So with the stroke, uh, we like to, to remind people just to think of FAST. Time is of the essence, and, and FAST is an acronym. FAST stands for, the F stands for FACE. So if you have any drooping or uh, signs of, uh, of, a, of that your face is numb or drooping, um, you know, that could be a, an indication of a stroke. Uh, you can ask someone to smile, and if their smile is only a half smile, that could be an indication. The A stands for arm weakness. Uh, if one arm is numb or weak, uh, if it's hard to pick something up where the other arm has no problem, that could be a sign. Um, S is for speech difficulty. If their speech is slurred or if they can't kind of get out what they want to say, that could be an indication. You can ask them to repeat something as simple as, you know, the sky is blue. And if they try and repeat it and it's slurred, that could that could show that they are having a stroke. And then T is for time. Um, you always want to 
call 911 as quickly as you can. And if it's the onset of a stroke, pay attention to what time it is uh, because there are um, services that can be rendered uh, during a certain period of time. And the sooner that they get that um, that care, it is the, the greatest amount of um, recovery is going to be possible. And uh, I have only 30 seconds to go, and I apologize for shortchanging you here, but uh, heart attack, what should we be looking out for? So heart attack, uh, a little bit different. You're, you're going to have the chest pain uh, or pressure, or if you have um, nausea or um, cold sweat, or if you're lightheaded, um, if you have discomfort in, in your arms or your upper body, those can all be signs of, of a heart attack. Um, all right. So, you know, definitely take care of those. Uh, Stephen, too, with the University of Utah Health, thank you so much for your insight here. Uh, and this whole conversation uh, was based on a startling realization that in this coronavirus era, uh, there has been a massive decline in 911 calls and ER visits, many of those uh, because of uh, uncertainty and fear, uh, in particular when experiencing symptoms of potentially a stroke or a heart attack. It's important uh, that you get that checked out. And the hospital, as you just heard the expert describe, is probably the safest place uh, that you are going to be even in this coronavirus era. Quick break. When we return for the final segment, we are going to talk about showerhead tyranny. Showerhead tyranny, the tyranny of the showerhead. What am I talking about and how is it emblematic of an actual, an actual, actual problem in the United States government right now? I'll share this all with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.